0: Pulse95 Live from the International Government Communication
1: Forum. Hello, everybody. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to our live coverage of the International Government Communication Forum. And, uh, uh, well, we're very honored uh, to have with us uh, here in the studio live Mark Friedman, officer at the MIT App Inventor Foundation. And, uh, Mark, your work is particularly interesting to me because it's all about uh, democratizing technology, uh, making it accessible and and using it to create a better world. So uh, why don't we start uh, with that as well, if you could sort of give an overview uh, to the listeners about the kind of work that you've been doing.
0: Sure. Um, This work with App Inventor started almost 14 years ago. Uh, I was working at Google at the time and uh, an old colleague of mine from MIT, um, a professor there named Hal Abelson, and I were talking. And the topic came up mostly from him, I must say. And he asked this very interesting question, which was, what if kids could build mobile apps? Now, you have to remember, 14 years ago was before almost anybody had a smartphone. But we were anticipating that this was going to become a ubiquitous device and that everyone, including our kids, were going to have this you know, computer in their pocket. And we thought, like, wouldn't this be an opportunity to sort of flip a switch in the kids of the world from being passive consumers of technology to become active creators. And, and the sense of democratizing access to information and understanding about this highly complex technological world that we live in and giving people a taste of actually being creators, of being able to develop their own mobile apps on their own devices that existed you know, that are in their own pockets, we thought that this would be a huge motivational force and a way for them to become sort of better citizens of the world in understanding sort of the implications of technology. Uh, and since then, you know, we've had we've had a tremendous amount of success, uh, not just not just our program, App Inventor, where we built this tool which enabled the kids to build the mobile apps. There's this whole movement around, you know, uh, doing app development and, you know, having programs in schools and after-school programs and all that.
2: I've got a, you know, we we had this topic earlier uh, about uh, that there's an app for everything now. There's an app for that. So um, are, are we reaching this situation where we've got too many apps? Is this market becoming too saturated? Uh, how would you describe it as?
0: Well, ironically, this was true even in the very early <laughs> days of app development, yeah. right? I mean, very quickly, people developed all sorts of apps, you know, uh, you know, even in the first years. Uh, at Google, I was part of a team that built what was then called the... Uh, and Marketplace and is now called, you know, the Play Store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw very early on, you know, and and of course there are, there are very few apps that make uh, a decent amount of money, but everyone thinks that they can be one of those, you know. And, and partly through programs like App Inventor, we've lowered the barrier for people to be able to create apps. So in a sense, we've become part of the problem mm-hmm. uh, rather than the solution. But you know, there's also on the horizon. There's this whole uh, subject of artificial intelligence, that has some of the power, I think, to remove the sort of, you know, huge number of apps. Uh, you know, right now, you can in some of these artificial intelligence programs, you can just ask almost any question you want, or tell it what you want it to do. You know, there's there's a very interesting. Uh, AI program called dall E, it's mm-hmm. a pun. Mm-hmm. They spell it D-A-L-L-E, but obviously it's a pun on Salvatore Dali. And you can just describe an image or I've picture yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. photograph or painting that you want. And it could be as crazy or fanciful as you want it to be. You know, it could be like, you know, show me a picture of a photograph that's mm-hmm. shaped like a pistachio nut that's flying <laughs> underwater. Yeah. Right in the style of Vincent van Gogh. And it comes out with a picture that looks exactly like that. Right. It's, it's truly amazing, but you don't need to. So, but it can do such a variety of things. You don't need this painting program, you know, a whole nother app that could do that sort of thing.
2: Now, with so many people, um, or let's say children, trying to get into creating applications and developing applications, I'm sure that there are like certain characteristics that would make an application good. So, uh, what can make a, um, a mobile app uh, very good, in your opinion?
0: Well, like in a lot of uh, product development, right, it's like any, almost any other product development, the people who create good ones are people who start and create something initially very quickly, go and put it out in the world, whether it's just your friends or a wider community or you know, starting a company, whatever, and then getting a lot of feedback and iterating quickly. You know, The way to create a good yeah. product or a good app is just to make sure that it's useful to people, and people think they know what is useful, but the best way is to actually get that feedback and have this iterative mm. process mm. of product or app development.
1: Uh, You know, as I'm thinking about uh, like how things were versus how they are today, and I think uh, back then I felt that there was more of a sense of like a a sort of a DIY mindset, a lot of people making different things, Uh, the internet also being an entirely different landscape. Uh, and, you know, while we're also touching on the point of AI, I also the thing about doing Google searches today versus Goog- doing Google searches, say, 10, 15 years ago, uh, it's almost getting a little bit more difficult to find uh, what you're looking for with any specificity. And it's almost like the results are entirely stripped down. Uh, so uh, do you feel like we're moving a little bit uh, maybe backwards or it's almost like they're turning the computing experience into just like a washing machine? just? For settings and uh, if you have anything to say on that because that's something that I think about quite often
0: <laughs> well well it's funny because you know it used to be that basically Google was just doing a text search yeah right and trying to find web pages that had the text you know in as close to you know literal text as you've typed in yes now the wonderful thing about that is that if you were really looking for just that text it was really good at finding that. But you know what we found is that most users are not that they're not looking for the literal text necessarily. So what Google has basically become for the last you know 20 years, more and more, is to try to figure out what you really want. Now of course they don't always get that right. And that of course I think is why sometimes you could be frustrated by thinking you get the results because Google is trying to outthink you. You know, you really did know (laughs) what you wanted, but Google is figuring, "Eh, we know better what you really want because we're comparing what you've said to 100,000 other users who said something similar and they wanted this other thing. And ironically now, it's actually people complain because they can't even find, if they just say, I just want this text. Like they can't do the thing that they could do 20 years ago. I think that's the, sort of the right. sense that yeah. what, you're, what you're talking about.
1: Well, we did have uh, one of our guests, uh, Dr. Muhammad Yunus, a renowned economist, he was talking about AI and sort of drawing a line because he was saying that AI could uh, go overboard and uh, could, in fact, uh, go against uh, overall people's well-being and such. So is that something that you also uh, think about?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, in fact, in the in the panel that I just did around uh, creative destruction, yeah. right? and I was thinking about it in the context of AI, and you know, one of the sort of most you know, uh, pessimistic or apocalyptic <laughs> ideas there is that AI will achieve, achieve sort of super intelligence, that eventually it will surpass human intelligence, uh, and this is actually something that computer scientists take somewhat seriously. It's called the singularity. Is sort of the moment when that happens, when computers become super intelligent or even sentient, right? Um, so it's a, it's a serious thing, uh, but on the other hand, it's you know it's a low percentage thing. Like it's not impossible, and you know I'm somewhat dubious about it actually happening, but it's sort of like the possibility of an asteroid hitting the Earth. Okay, it's pretty low. You know, probability, but it'd be nice if we had a way to prevent it if we think that it's actually about to happen. You know that NASA just recently sent a rocket uh, to, pl- to plunge and crash yes. into an asteroid yes. to see if it could change the path. Uh, even though they know that the likelihood of the asteroid, of an asteroid hitting the Earth is small, the point is that if they ever do find one that has a path to the Earth, they better have something to deal with otherwise. Mm-hmm. Will be destroyed, so it's I. I think of this sort of singularity similarly. Like we should start thinking about it, and see you know can we figure out if there actually is a path where that's going to happen, and if it is, to have some approach to dealing with it.
2: True. Um, I'd like to do a little bit of a, a conclusion as well in sure. terms of your thoughts on uh, uh, the the App Inventor Foundation. You know, there's a huge focus on developing. Uh, countries as well where with apps are more, quite a lot forty three percent of the apps are being developed from there um, how pleased are you to see that uh, level of uh, interaction from that part of the globe and where do you see uh, the Gen Z in particular um, coming up with newer ideas uh, in, in developing uh, such apps
0: yeah we 're enormously happy about uh the success that that we've had and in Mm. general we've seen around app development in in the developing countries. From the very beginning, that was our hope, right? That's the sort of democratization process that Mm. we were hoping for. And you know, tools like App Inventor, they're completely free to use. There are Mm. curricula out there that teachers can use. There are tutorials that anybody, you know, all you need is, you know, A mobile phone and and maybe some access to a computer somewhere. So we're extremely excited about that, and we see users from all over the world. Yeah,
2: Uh, Alia, you're a you're an app user as well yourself. Yes, I am. Well, you should try. You should try and create one with App Inventor. Uh, why not? Why not? Yes, I mean uh, it should uh, not take a considerable amount of time. Yeah, should it? Um, Should it not? Walk, it should It take time. Yeah. Should it take, will it take a lot of time for How us to develop the, uh, an application? It
0: will take you five minutes wow. to create a
2: very basic app. We're now, ready. to create a good app yeah. is a different story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure having you here uh, on our with us, Mark Friedman, and we look forward to seeing you back again in Sharjah at some point soon. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. All right. Thanks. We'll continue the discussions uh, surrounding changes and uh, challenges and solutions uh, from uh, the International Government Communication Forum. Stay tuned to Pulse 95. Sharjah, a journey towards tomorrow.
0: So far in 2021,